Yeah, maybe instead of those big like turkey legs, they have like large medieval hot dogs. Or I something. feel like there's got to be a community of like jousters. Like, how many jousters can? <laughs> well, there possibly we we be? talked about doing the uh, Renaissance fair. Yes. Oh, yes. that, so that would be great. I, I that, would be, they, that would be cool. They have to do both, right? You <laughs> can't sustain a living. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, no, sorry, that's right. And the horses too. You know, like same horses. Thank They've you. They've got to have the same owners. Yes. Yeah. People who ride them. Welcome to Society, the Society of Chicago. I'm Sam. I'm Patrick. And I'm Lee. And I am so excited for this episode because, as I mentioned last week, this one is is so near and dear to my heart. Who are we talking to? We're covering So Far Sound Chicago, and we're talking to the city director here, Will Cove, who is a personal friend of mine and is going to be sharing with us this community that it's about music mostly, but it's also about connections and having an experience and and really putting yourself in a position to be open to music and art in a way that it's really hard to experience nowadays. Very different from any form of traditional concert going that a lot of people would think. Uh, and that's something I learned just by researching our guest for today. And as someone who's not typically super into concerts and loud things because they hurt my ears, this is a very unique opportunity to learn a lot about not only different music and different shows that you can go and experience, but also different places you can experience those things. Absolutely. I would say a a mission of so far is to put people in unexpected places and really surprise them in, in what is possible in our neighborhoods and our city. Very cool. Let's get right into it. Cool. Welcome, Will Cove. So, Will, welcome to Society. Thank you. Let's just start with a little baseline. Why don't you tell our listeners what So Far Sounds is? So, so far sounds essentially a intimate concert experience uh, where guests come together to witness music in a new format. They don't know who they're going to see before they show up. The venue is a non-traditional venue, quote unquote. So it means it's a living room or a coffee shop or a rooftop. Really anywhere that you wouldn't normally have a concert, we'll try to have a concert in. Um, like I said, the performers are secret. So people come ready to kind of open their hearts and minds to a new musical experience. And I've now been involved full time for as a city director for about nine months. And it's just been an incredible experience. That's awesome. Yeah. So before we talk about how you got involved, because mm-hmm. obviously I want to ask you about sure, that, sure, but sure. how did you come to Chicago? Uh, originally, so I came to Chicago in January of 2016 for a different job. So I was living in the DC area um, and I was working in finance and then I actually got a job out here in the management consulting world. So I thought that that's what was going to be kind of my path. I was kind of allured by the, I was lured by the dinners and travel and then, you know, that traditional thing coming out of school. And it was cool. And, and really it helped me, it brought me to Chicago and, and helped me fall in love. So that was my original plan for Chicago. Were you always interested in arts and music and everything else? Or how did you stumble upon so far when you were in the consulting world? Yeah, that's a good question. So I had originally... I've always, I mean, music has always been my thing, but I feel like it, that's what it is for a lot of people. So anybody listening out there, I feel you. But it was more of a kind of fulfillment thing in terms of, you know, you you come to Chicago, you you go to Kingston Mines and you go to the Green Mill and like those are the places that you go to and it's cool. But I found myself wanting a little bit more and especially knowing what Chicago had to offer, I, I kind of wanted to start getting involved. 
So what do you do for so far now? Because you work for them, right? I do. Yeah. So okay. it's my full time job. I'm the city director. So I kind of run the operation end to end in Chicago. We have a full time team of three people. So I have two awesome teammates. One person uh, handles the artist booking and the whole curation and the other person handles the venues. So, you know, we're up to about close to 40 shows a month at this point. So, you know, Shubas can't do 40 shows a month. The Hideout <laughs> can't do 40 shows a month because there's not enough days. You know, on top of that, every one of our shows is in a different place, uh, whether it be someone's house or we, I think we have some in a chocolate factory now. We have them in yoga studios. We have them, you know, really anywhere that will have us. Uh, so if you're listening, please contact me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so so I'm I'm the director. I kind of manage the, the end-to-end operation and then also kind of manage the, we have a 100-person volunteer team. Oh, wow. Um, which is uh, a whole different beast in itself, a beast that I'm grateful for, of course. But (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So I know that, okay, so you went from consulting to so far, and I'm curious to know when was the point when this went from being something that you were interested in and something that was kind of like a fun hobby to being something that you really wanted to throw yourself behind? I would say probably like a year and a half into my consulting world, it was going well. I was having a good time and I was working with really good people who treated me really well. But I still was kind of trying to think about a little bit, you know, three to five years down the road. And I didn't really see myself going that way. You know, one, I remember specifically one day my dad came into town and we we went out to dinner and just sat down and had a really long talk. And what his advice was for me was, you know, you can't just say, oh, I want a career in music or I want, I don't know, I, anything that you want with transitioning 100% just like that. What he he, what he had said to me was, you you need to just start getting involved any way you can, little by little, um, just to at least feed that passion or feed that, in my case, anxiety <laughs> or, like, or diminish the anxiety a little mm-hmm. bit day by day. And so that was when I had kind of been going to so far shows. I had applied to volunteer online. I mean, luckily, it was kind of a just a coming together of different things that helped me. I, I luckily joined the team and it was just like, I threw myself into it. So, That's awesome. you know, every volunteer is kind of required to work two shows per month, but I kind of tried to just get involved as much as possible. And little by little, I kind of just started taking on more responsibility and more responsibility. And I never really even thought of it as potential career path, but it was more about like, it was just helping me kind of figure out who I was, what I wanted to do. I still haven't figured that out, but it had kind of at least put me in a new world where I could at least work towards it. So you mentioned Chicago is having 40 shows a month, a hundred volunteers. Is that common size for a city in so far, or is that unusual? Uh, I think it's fairly unusual. I mean, we so far exists on a volunteer basis in over, I think, like 420 cities at this point. So that means at least once a month or maybe once every two months, uh, so far is happening anywhere from here to Shanghai, China, to Nairobi, Kenya, to I think Kathmandu, Nepal has a so far city or, you know, those are all the ones that are recognizable names, but there's, you know, another 250. I don't even know if I could name 400. Ci- I definitely could not name 400 cities. <laughs> I don't think I could either. No. I don't know if I could name 400 people. Yeah, yeah. The, anything 400 is off, is too many. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's great, but it's or maybe it's, numbers. Yeah. I could do 400 numbers. Yeah, exactly. I'd get distracted before I got to 400. But (laughs) so most of those are volunteer based cities, which means that the whole thing end to end is is run by volunteers, people who are passionate. That's how so far started back in 2009. That's how it started in Chicago back in 2012. Uh, And it really only became what we call kind of a full time city, meaning it has a full time employee dedicated in 2016 by the guy named Matt Brooks. If you're listening, Matt. 
you're my guy. But uh, out of now, I think there's about 12 cities that have full-time employees. The largest would be, our largest two would be New York and London. And then Chicago is kind of right behind them in terms of shows, along with other similar size cities like LA and, and San Francisco is also up there in terms of show counts. But we've been, we've been growing like crazy. Um, we, I think when I started, we were about 20 shows a month. So okay. um, just in, in, in May, I think we were 21 or 22. So we reached, I think, 39 in November. So wow. I actually don't. So where did so far start? Did it start? I started in, in London. Yeah. In London. Yeah. Okay. In London in 2009. So you would, the M's, the M's, Lee's heard this and given this spiel many <laughs> times before. So essentially it started in 2009 in London by two guys who had kind of had that same experience that I talked about earlier, where not, you know, going to a show, but being let down mostly by the crowd um, mm-hmm. and by uh, almost having a concert be commoditized in that way where it's, you know, you're not really there to enjoy the music and, it, and, and it's a detractor. So they invited a few of their friends over to their apartment or their flat and uh, kind of did a rendition of, of what exists today. And the fact that, you know, it has caught on so rapidly, I think on a volunteer level where people just are doing it for the sake of the art and for the sake of, you know, preserving that really intimate experience and spreading it, which I think is interesting. And I think especially out of out of SoFar's growth stage at when we kind of moved from traditionally DIY to more of a mainstream reputation, um, I think it was criticized a little bit because it was moving from something, you know, anything, something moves from DIY to more of a mm-hmm. mainstream thing. It's going to, it's going to receive some backlash, which is fair. Cause you know, the true essence of the DIY, you're not going to ever, it's underground. That's what yeah, it is. You can't replicate it. You know what I mean? Exactly. But you know, the way that I kind of speak to that argument is, is it's just making, it's taking something that's really great and it's making it accessible to people who don't necessarily have a, that access, who would like it, you know, who would like it. Um, for sure. And for the people who don't like it, they don't have to. Yeah. Go. The first of our show I went to <laughs> was in 2015 and it was emceed by Eric who originally brought so far to Chicago. Right. And at the end of the show, he took his hat off. That was a baseball hat and passed it around the room for any donations that people want yeah. to make. And he said, if you have any cash and that's all you have, give it to the artist first for swag and if you have anything left over donate it to so far yeah that's that's what it's all about <laughs> and that's... now and that was when they were doing two shows a month right and now there's 40 shows a month and there's it's ticketed and it's grown and changed so much but at the right. same time the values are the same the mission is the same i mean anybody who goes to a show walks away with a feeling of warmth and mm. i don't think that's been lost which mm. is really cool to see something change so much in so many ways but still inherently have that to give. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's what we, that's what we aim at, aim for. And it's something I lose sleep over. So (laughs) it's something, you know, it's, that's, that's, that's it. You nailed it. That's, that's what our goal is. So to try to preserve that as we grow, I think is, is something that's top of mind. And it's also kind of our, our goal. So yeah, I think that's cool that that something you guys are aware of and trying to preserve, you know what I mean? That kind of like the, the Mm. reason why you're doing it, you're trying to keep that alive. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So you guys have shows everywhere right yeah that's right yeah Um, pretty much we're trying to expand but okay so uh, full disclosure i've been to two so far shows that's pretty good i've actually heard that spiel twice you did a very good job oh thank you (laughs) Um, so uh what are some like interesting kind of eye-opening spaces you've been exposed to from so far definitely so my personal favorite one we've got a old church that's been converted into a loft it's so cool uh, in logan square so that one is just like you're you're literally walking down a residential street and you think it's a church and you go inside and it turned out to be 
an actual loft checks out yeah so in in having shows there it's just that's kind of i feel like the essence of what we do but then you know they like we we've had a couple shows at the top of the willis tower uh we've got one next month that we're planning on the, the 360 observation deck on t- the top of the hancock so oh, that wow. should be pretty fun mm-hmm. pretty much any rooftop in the summer uh is is pretty spectacular and then i would say there's there's a couple that you that you wouldn't really expect like we do like a, a chocolate factory downtown um that's one they they give out samples of chocolate during the show oh. and, and we try to just stay away from pretty much anywhere that you would think would would have a concert in the first place and that's kind of our our mantra mission. yeah i remember i went to a show once in pilsen and there was an entire full court basketball it was like an old <laughs> gymnasium that was converted oh, i've heard into about that place yeah like, and like an eight or nine bedroom apartment and there was just in the middle of the apartment just a full or a full basketball court yeah that's i mean wow why not you know so okay so you guys have you have an employee that helps with the booking Mm -hmm. and then an employee that helps uh with the location scouting yep that's right um and then a team of 100 volunteers yes so let's talk about that a little bit let's do it that seems like a community in and of itself a (laughs) great group of people yeah (laughs) lots of friends so how do you how do people get involved with so far do you have to apply online or yeah yeah so it's on our on our website sofarsounds.com slash chicago uh there's just an application google form i will say we do have a bit of a waiting list at times oh it's really hard to say no to somebody to a volunteer organization i'll kind of throw that out there too Um, (laughs) right now we've kind of we've kind of got like over 100 people who Mm -hmm. who are still kind of waiting to hear back i waited probably seven six or seven months to hear back but not to take away from if anybody wants to apply please do because we're always always looking for new people and as we continue to grow it's part of the it's the essence of what we do and and it's also you know it's an opportunity to really open up chicago yeah you know, it's kind of like the keys because because there's so many people who live in different neighborhoods there's so many people who are a part of the creative world in some way or another whether they're artists themselves or just avid fans or work in the creative industries uh, it's just kind of like a spider web of people so that's that's one of the things when i joined even just as a volunteer it, it really kind of gave me that access that i was looking for to a lot of different types of people and really that's kind of our goal is to to really break down break down those barriers can you talk to some other ways that people can get involved or volunteer even if it's not on a run a show basis Sure. Yeah. And for everybody out there, run of show just means like night of. Uh, We have a whole team of graphic designers who make posters for our shows. Um, And there's absolutely no wait list to to join in that basis. Um, And there's a a whole team of photographers as well. And, And really, like I think, Lee, you were talking about earlier is the best way to get involved is to just go to the shows and talk to the people who who work there. Yeah. So it seems like the community is more than just volunteers and it's more than just musicians, but it's just a bunch of people who really like exactly. art and community. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. I think, especially in, in today's world where, like I was saying, there's kind of a lot of barriers maybe between people who don't look the same or think the same or work in the same place. And, and really, I think w- what we have is a kind of an, an opportunity to try to connect. So how does, how do you manage a community that that's, it's that big? Uh, a lot of it is the value of, of what we do versus my own like management style. It's more about the product of what a so far show is. You know, it's not, you're going to a free show, whereas like we call it working, but you're going to a free show where there's going to be another 50 to 75 people coming. And those people you could make friends with, those people are like-minded, similar people to you too. So it's really the value of having that 
offering of, of volunteering is getting access to this and everything that comes with that makes my life a little bit easier because people really do care and it's it's their thing like it's it's really and it was my thing too before where you really feel like you have a part of it um, because it takes time it takes effort it takes really a part of your life for a little while and so when people devote themselves in that way they feel like they have skin in the game and when they feel like they have skin in the game they're not hard to manage at all and we do you know we do like happy hours and parties and it's oh, nice. the social side of things is fun too and sometimes too fun <laughs> yeah. do you guys so what social i mean the two shows i've been to were a blast but then do you guys have social events outside of the yeah show oh yeah yeah i mean it, it becomes essentially a big friend group very cool yeah have you been to so far shows in other cities uh i have um not as much as i would like so i've been i've been in new york and that's it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, I have you beat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have them in China. You're going to China. I know. I, I'm meeting up with the, I'm meeting up with the Shanghai leader, but um, they're not having any shows while I'm there. So. Yeah. Just a, a point on that and the community globally. I was traveling through Europe and a part of it was alone. A cool thing of just being part of the SoFar community, I had no problem reaching out to the cities I was visiting and saying, hey, I work or I'm a bastard for SoFar Chicago. I would love to check out a show while I'm in town. Or if you don't have a show, you know, I would love to meet the team that's available. And I was mm. in Reykjavik, who does one show every three months or something like yeah. that. And they responded immediately no and way. said, would love to grab a beer. Let's go to this bar and two people that work for so far Reykjavik just showed up and we had an amazing night and yeah. it felt like I was meeting up with friends because we had the same common interest. We had a common thing that we could talk about and share experiences about and it was just awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And and even I would even say like if you're not even involved in your traveling, like it's another way to just even you go and you meet people and that's that's what it is. I would say if you're listening out there and you want you know, you're looking for kind of that local experience, I would definitely, definitely recommend checking out a show and then you make friends there and then your night is off. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but seriously, that's, that's, that's awesome. Very cool. And now I know how to pronounce Reykjavik. Re yeah. Reykjavik? I said Reykjavik, but Reykjavik? you know me well enough to know that you shouldn't go by my pronunciations <laughs> of things. <laughs> Wait, so do you guys, do you book just Chicago artists or like, how do you go no, about yeah. finding? We have a team of like scouts um, also that that's part of our review team. So there we have people who essentially monitor schedules at local venues for bands that are coming into town. And then I would say it's probably about two thirds local and then one third touring bands. Um, and then every band goes through a review process. So we just kind of require a live, a live music link and then a studio link or a recorded link. And that's just kind of what gets voted on. And then we have a online application platform. So artists apply through that as well as I would say the word of mouth side of things, especially like through our network is, is really where we kind of find some, some artists that just, you know, blow your mind. Do you guys, do you stick to particular genres? Do you like, how does it? Skew? Good question. Yeah. So I should have said this earlier, but every show that we have, we try to have three different genres of music. So part of the precedent for that is because, you know, you're going to a so far show, you don't know who you're going to see. But what we can offer is that, you know, it is three different types of music. So hopefully, no matter what, one of the three genres will be something that you like. And even better, will expose you to something that you think you didn't like that may change your opinion, predisposed opinions about. Yeah. What's a what's a band or a genre or style of music that you didn't think you liked? And then you saw a so far show and were like, yeah. oh, dang, like maybe That's, I do yeah. like <laughs> I can see if I, hopefully I don't insult anyone out there, but I would say, I would say one, one, one of the coolest ones that I've seen where I just had no idea what to expect is there was a, 
a dude who came in from Minneapolis and his music. Oh, nice. Yeah, there you go. You should check this guy out. Uh, his <laughs> name is Zach Baltich. I've only seen him once, but he records or his all, all of his music is live production. So he has like 30 different instruments on a table, but none of them are instruments except for maybe a xylophone that you've seen before. Uh, and it's all creating sounds and he has it all hooked up to a, like a looper. So he's all kind of building this, uh, sound from, from start to finish throughout a song. And he actually kind of made his name or is still making his name by going to all these remote caves throughout Minnesota in the winter. So when it's like all really icy and remote and the different, uh, I don't even really know how to say it technically, but just the, the incredible sounds, the cavernous sounds that you could get from recording in a cave. It was something that I definitely was really nervous about kind of bringing to a so far format, especially because people, you know, they pay the money, they expect they expect what they expect. Uh, and then you throw something completely out there at them. So it's always a bit of a risk, but I would say that one was was something that I've never really seen it. And I, I don't think you could ever really see it in another way than in that intimate kind of raw format. Yeah, that's really cool. Like how, I don't even know, you wouldn't know how to find that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then there you go. You're Definitely just not. like exposed yeah, to it. Very yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, everybody has their preferences, but when, when somebody's talented or, or extremely creative, it comes through. Like there's no, there's no doubting it in that, in that intimate form. Yeah. I think, so I, the one I went to at the, above the flower shop, there were three acts. There was a neo soul singer, there was a garage rocker, and then there was a rapper and it was all very different. But then the people I was with each person like everybody had like a different favorite and everybody yeah. had like but everybody to your point like found well that yeah that, like that's very cool. that's the goal that mm -hmm. there is no opener there is no closer it's mm -hmm. what connects with you as a person and why does it connect is it because the story that they told was it the art itself was it was it their format was it their band was it their sexy drummer you know who knows <laughs> who knows yeah. like you know it's one of those it's one of those things where that's it's it's open to interpretation yeah so it's also is how I found uh, Jay Buck, who's like a soul singer from, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, is he from like Tennessee or St. Louis or something? Uh, I've never seen him personally, but he's, yeah. Oh man, yeah. he's so good. And on Spotify, he's got like, yeah. getting this guy before he blows up. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, okay. So um, we've talked about how people can become volunteers. If mm -hmm. people are interested in going to a show, mm. how do they do that? So the, it's, it's a pretty simple process where you would just go online and like, as I said, the venues are secret as well as the artist. So you only know the neighborhoods. Again, another one that makes Chicago, I think, unique is it's such a neighborhood defined city. The goal would be to get people to visit new neighborhoods that they haven't been to. However, you would go online to sofarsounds.com slash Chicago and you would see essentially a list of dates paired with, you know, th the thumbnails have the neighborhoods that are on them. And then you would go and you would actually apply to go to the show. You, you apply, you apply to a couple, you'll get in, I promise. Um, <laughs> and then, and then you pay for a ticket and you go and, and, and then you, you get emailed, uh, an address 24 to 30 hours before the show. So, and also our shows, most, most of our shows are BYOB. You know, you bring a bottle of wine and you forgot a, you forgot cups and the person next to you has cups and all of a sudden you're talking and, and there, and there you go. Yeah. Lee, what was, what was your experience as a, as a volunteer? It's a Putting big you on the spot in front of <laughs> the guy who's in charge. No, well, <laughs> just a uh, disclaimer, Lee was involved very long before I was involved. So in those two years, it was unbelievable how much the community grew, mm. how many changes it went through. And to your point earlier, every time there was a big change, it did feel like a punch in the gut in a lot yeah, of ways. For sure. um, yeah. Oh my God, this thing I care about so much is changing. I mean, that's human, you know, yeah. with anything you care about so much. Regardless, as I said, I was always pleasantly surprised that it endured and everything that 
you know, made me want to join in the first place and made me so passionate about kept on being very present in what it meant to be a volunteer, what it meant mm. to be part of the community. And it is a big commitment to, it's a huge commitment. to volunteer. Yeah. And like, I don't, to, you know. Yeah. To, and, and it's also <laughs> like it's six when you're volunteering, it's six to 10 30 PM. And, oh. you know, especially when you were part of it, when, how many people there was 20, 25 probably. Right. Yeah. And that so, was it, you know, for volunteers, you're supposed to do at least two shows a month. Again, it's, it's five hours per show. And it just got to the point that it was ready to hand off to the next group of people that were so passionate about it and so like enthused to take it to the next couple steps. Yeah. But I'm still friends with everybody I met during that experience. I still love going to shows. I still love introducing people to so far and yeah. I still very much feel a part of the community. So that's awesome. It's cool that you can volunteer. I mean, cause I know that you started volunteering cause you loved it so much. So you become a part of this community and then you volunteer and then you can stop volunteering and still be a part of that community. Would you say, your involvement with so far kind of pushed you to get a little bit more involved with or like say do something like this podcast? <laughs> I mean, absolutely. To be totally honest, I had made the decision that I probably should stop volunteering for so far, probably six months before I did. Yeah. But it was so hard to let go of. And then a big part of that was I need something creative in my life. Yeah. And I didn't want to quit something until I had something to fill its place. Hmm. And the reason I didn't quit for six months is because I couldn't find it. Nothing would fill the void yeah. that so far I left there until, I mean, this podcast really came along. So Boom. this magic. <laughs> and I mean, it's cool to reach out to people like Harold Green and Kevin Koval, sure. who I met once at a So Far show maybe years ago and mm. have them be, oh, I love So Far. I remember you emceed and you did a badass job. Like, of course, I'll be on your podcast. Of awesome. course, like, let's hang out. Awesome. So awesome. that's cool. Thank you for sharing. That's yeah. that's really cool. Um, you're also like the first guest to like ask us a question. So oh, fucking no. awesome. Uh, <laughs> thank you. No, same uh, no worries. No worries. We're more than just voices. So do you do you play music? Do you? Uh, I don't. I don't play music. I played music. I played the trombone until I was like 18. <laughs> uh, so that was cool. I, st I could still play like the Star Spangled Banner. Um, wow! Wait a minute. <laughs> on the trombone? On the trombone? What? Yeah. It's a, that's a whole nother story. Like, yeah. Uh, so that's my musical background. Okay. Um, but otherwise, I mean, you know, I, I was on the. I had a radio station in college, um, and it's just always been something that has been a big, big part of my life. I would say I listen to music like consistently every night in on my headphones before I go to sleep. Um, it's kind of like my meditation zone a little bit. And eventually, you know, I, I don't ever see it not being a part of my life. I mean, who knows what, what will happen in the future, but hopefully, you know, hopefully it'll always have some, some important role for me at least. Yeah. Yeah. So we've touched on a little bit of the community in Chicago and we've touched on a little bit how the community has grown. Um, where do you see the so far community, both from Chicago and globally, where do you see it growing in the future? Yeah, that's a, that's another good one um, that I asked myself a fair, fair amount, especially kind of figuring out the direction for the next year and, and onwards. I'll, I'll start on the so far uh, basis for the larger organization. It's proven that it can be sustainable in, in bigger cities. Um, and so I think in the next year, we'll be looking to bring on a lot more a lot more cities to kind of replicate the model that New York, London, Chicago, LA, and, and others have, have proven. Um, so I think on a, on a, 
holistic basis so far you'll it will become kind of more of a brand name i think that there's a lot of opportunity when it comes to the the content that we put out so right now if you're not aware for for people who are listening we have a youtube channel that has about like i, I want to say between 500 and 600,000 followers figuring out how to capture that value going forward is something that i think about a lot and we got a couple ideas for it um, for the next year but also I think another really exciting thing to think about as we grow and especially in Chicago, now that we're kind of established brand, how to, you know, we're, we're finding and seeing a lot of artists at the beginning of their careers. So if we are kind of that first wave into the music scene in a lot of these cities for emerging artists, like how can we kind of build something with that to support artists, but also to kind of become that A&R focused arm for boots on the ground in, in a lot of these cities. So that's, some, that's something um, that we're excited for. And then I think in Chicago specifically, give the people what they want. Uh, we're, I think we're sold out till we're sold out through middle of next week. And, and that's like, I think like 10 or 11 shows are sold out on our website right that's now. Insane. So it's like, as long as that keeps happening, we're just going to keep, keep going. And with things like that, um, come larger opportunities, uh, from the sphere of influence. So like things like branded partnerships and if, if the Willis Tower is willing to let us go up and have a show on the 99th floor, like what else can we do, you know? Right. And that's kind of where my mind goes. Um, and especially in Chicago where this is a city where the, for the most part, you're allowed to do a lot of things that you wouldn't be allowed to do in other cities. <laughs> I think that for a, for an organization like ours where, you know, we try to push the boundaries with what we can, what we can do. I think that they're, you know, the sky's the limit when it comes yeah. to that kind of stuff. So, okay. I have a few more questions. Sure. So what do you think Chicago brings that's unique to so far? I would start with just the true nature of our the music that we have. So we run we run analytics on what our users like favorite artists are and what their favorite genres are. And far and away, Chicago has the highest out of any so far city. People who crave hip hop and R and B and soul music. So I think whether that is a nature of just the traditional history of music in Chicago. So you know the heavy blues and jazz influence over the years that's kind of molded into like foundation of hip hop more or less. You know, that is for sure a carryover, but it's also, I think, in Chicago, the people who live here are down to try new things, down to visit new neighborhoods. People don't necessarily stick to their own comfort zones. I think that that lends itself to something like so far where people are okay with not knowing who the artists are and okay with, you know, maybe sitting elbow to elbow with two people that they've never met before and, you know, might not ever see again. Um, and I think that that's something that lends itself directly to our success. And then I also think like just being realistic, like the geographic aspect of it, where right now Chicago is the only so far city for a couple hundred miles in any direction. So, or from a full-time city perspective. So um, we, we do have access to all these artists from, from kind of these more periphery markets um, that are coming here. And whereas there is a bigger so far presence in DC, Philly, Boston, New York, we kind of reap the benefits of being this you know, big city uh, in the middle of the country that kind of draws, draws everyone in. Have you seen anybody before they really blew up and became famous, like at a so far show? Ooh. Saba? Yeah, well, me personally, no, but Lee, yes, I'm jealous. Yeah, <laughs> Lee, Lee, Lee was banging that yeah. drum a while. And then I saw him get the fucking editor's choice from Pitchfork or whatever, and I was like, Lee knew about he, this guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> He's no joke. Like, no, he, he's he so good. No joke. Um, Very good. Yeah, and it's not just artist 
that are attracted to this that haven't blown up yet that nobody knows about. I mean, so far it's had Ed Sheeran, Mumford and Sons, some really big artists who want Leon Bridges. Yeah, who Leon wanted Bridges. To yeah, play for so far. Julian yeah. Baker. I remember Julian Baker the event last year. Did you go to that one too? I, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna no. say that would be. I missed out on Julian Baker. Um, yeah, that same night it was like Julian Baker and Jack mm-hmm. Garrett and Quaku Collins um, was mm-hmm. another local Chicago guy, and that was a, that was a special one for sure. So, in terms of people who are well known in our scene, you know, and pretty much everybody's played mm-hmm. one. Um, okay, and then no elaboration. Best show you've been to, location, and artists. Again, you might get me in trouble with this one. <laughs> Wait, is, favorite, this, favorite, 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 is this one question like best show and what was the location artist yeah, yeah, or yeah. is what is? Okay. Uh, what was your f- personal favorite show? And then who? what was the location and who were the artists? It's really hard to, be, I would say in terms of a emotional experience at the top of the Willis Tower for me, was probably my, um, specifically because I have this distinct memory of, of being up there and the sun was setting on the 99th floor and the artists were warming up in each different corner of the tower. So it was like, you could literally walk around and have these crazy views of Chicago as the sun was setting. And then in each different corner was a different like type of music, but it was all private. Um, And for me, that was one of those moments where I was like, I don't really know what's, I was a volunteer at that time. I was like, I don't really know what's going on with this, but this is insane. I want more of it. (laughs) Like this is uh, whatever I have to do to be involved, you know, on a, deeper level with this, I'm going to do it. And then going from there, I mean, I, I, it's really hard to highlight artists because again, everything is, everyone is just so different in every connection that you have with them. Like I have some really great friends that I've met through this that I, I don't know, I've never, I never had artist friends before who could just like, you know, make me feel things, you know? Um, (laughs) and and that's the essence of it, right? Like that's, that's what I, that's kind of what I want to be doing with my life. If, if I have a choice later on is like, if you can literally make people feel emotion from something you know if i can help facilitate that then then i think that that is on a deeper level which i want to do like i want to have a part of that and that's that's kind of where 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 i'm going with all this i have one hard question you talked about how hard it is to grow and keep it what it initially set out to be and i know a big decision that so far had to make is charging for tickets. Mm. And over the last couple of years, it went from passing a hat around the room to whatever you want to donate before a ticket to $5, $10. Now I think it's up to $20 per ticket. Yeah, we have it tiered now. So, well, I can explain it in okay. a second. I just, um, I'm wondering what your take is on the sentiment that you might be pushing people out of being able to experience this community and what so far has thought about doing to counteract that. Yeah, absolutely. A couple things. So we moved it now to a tiered pricing model. So tickets are $22 on Friday and Saturdays. They're $20 on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and then they're $16 on Sundays and Mondays. So as part of that, you know, the Sunday and Monday option, which it's the exact same quality of a show is a little bit more affordable. It's still not what it was. There's no question it, it isn't what it used to be. But I would say there's other ways to get involved if you really want to go to a show. So there's a volunteer model, there's photography design, or being able to kind of host a space, host a space, something like that. You know, I think it's also, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're, we're talking about this too, because it's from a business perspective so far as a company is still not making money from a headquarters perspective. 
in order to kind of be able to grow and continue to support artists and provide opportunities, you know, the ticket, the ticket pricing model is, is the only way to do it as, as we've, as, as far as we've learned, you know, hopefully in the, in, as we progress, there's other ways. Um, and then the other thing I would say is we do one to two branded partnerships per month. So we worked with companies like Trunk Club and REI and Hyatt, and we worked with 20th Century Fox to promote the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. And, and there's a whole nother partnerships division and all of those shows are free. And, you know, it's a, it's a constant conversation that I, I, I like to bring to the forefront too. So I'm glad, I'm glad we brought it up. Well answered. Yeah. So we'll have a link to the SoFar website. Is there any way, any other way listeners can reach you or if they're interested in learning more, uh, how should they check you guys out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say probably the best way is through the website or our Instagram. So our Instagram is just at SoFar Chicago. Will Cove, thank you so much for talking to Society. Thank you guys very much. Thank you so much to Will Cove. What a totally different experience that I honestly had no idea existed. And I really enjoy music. I, I really like listening to music. But again, concerts have never really been for me. It's absolutely boggles my mind that I had no idea about this giant community that has such a small community feel centered around music. Yeah, I also did not know about the kind of internal politics and the sort of different visions of what so far should be. So Lee, I know you asked about, uh, you know, paying for shows and the for-profit status. I thank you for, you know, bringing some of that insight to the show because that was stuff I had no clue to even ask about. Yeah, it's it's definitely a big topic. And even I'm not totally sure where, where I land on it sometimes, but I really appreciate Will for, for taking that head on. Um, and I, I do believe that the intentions are pure and they are doing the right things and they are continually thinking as an organization about how to improve, how to be better and how to make it right for, for everyone. Um, yeah. Thank you again to Will for, for being so open and tackling those issues with us. And also thank you to Will for being a good guy to hang out and talk about music with. Who are we talking to next week, Patrick? Next week, we are talking to Naaman Gamble from The Hive, which is a beekeeping supply store here in Chicago. Really excited for it. You can find us on Instagram at Society. You can find us on Twitter at Society Podcast. You can email us at Society Podcast at the Gmail. Shoot us a message if you have people we should talk to or things you want to share. Please rate, review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.